Hello, and welcome to the Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. So we are back for our final installment. <laughs> Let's hope it's our, our final. Final our for now. Our extravaganza. We are, it's our final for now installment, and we're really excited. We're going to wrap things up with our Reddit AMAs. We've been going through a couple of them, and they're really revealing and are just giving all kinds of information that we didn't have before. It's so clear that it's become such an interesting place for people to share their experiences. And we're so grateful to have it. So this week, we're starting off with Clint Branham. And you all might remember him from the trial. He was the tech expert who testified at the trial. And he's an acquaintance of the Duggars. So we are just going to hop right in and we're going to get to Clint here. Again, one of the biggest revelations that came out, not from Clint here, but from the Duggar sisters. um, Well, not trial. It didn't go to trial, but their case was that Kaylee Holt is actually, was actually the letter writer that wrote, as we mentioned last week, wrote the letter, put it in a book, and it was found by someone who then wrote to Oprah. So there's always been kind of these people out there, multiple people that contacted CPS, the person that contacted Oprah, and it was never totally clear who they were or, you know, if they were separate people, if any of them were the same people. But Clint did clarify that the letter writer was Kaylee Holt, and he did say that she did not intend for this letter to get out. So a lot of people believe beforehand that the person who wrote the letter was possibly putting it in the book. But so Clint did say that the letter writer did not intend for this to get out. So in the past, a lot of people have believed that possibly it was, you know, maybe one of the Duggar girls was writing the letter or whoever wrote the letter, put it in there in the hopes that somebody would find it and, you know, would call CPS or do something about it. Uh, But that was not the case. The second person that he noted was the letter finder. So this person borrowed the book from Kaylee, found the letter. So this was obviously somebody underage because this came out in the Duggar sisters case, found the letter and gave it to her parents and the parents called CPS. And now a third person we learned, Alice is a third person altogether. She was one of these people that wrote on one of the forums about the Duggars. She's a separate person who was fed up with the Duggars and emailed Oprah because she was not happy that they got to be on Oprah when they're such a shysty family who is not really who they say they are. Uh, Clinton not confirm, but it was kind of confirmed elsewhere that Alice was Bobby, good old Bobby, Bobby Holt's family member. Most believed that it was probably her mom who was Alice, but Clint did confirm and it's been confirmed elsewhere that Alice has since passed away. So unfortunately for her, after her rant online back in the early 2000s of 2006 or whatever it was, she didn't get to see kind of the train wreck that became the Duggars now. Another big thing. So just to kind of clarify to Clint Branham has said that he is still really close with the Holtz and throughout his comments on his AMA, he mentioned that, you know, some people asked some questions that related to the Holtz and he said that he brought them up to the Holtz. So he's kind of getting some answers from them as well. But he did say that the Duggars and Holtz ultimately split off into their own two churches. So if you remember, they were both Jim Holt and Jim Bob Duggar were some of the church elders in their joint 
little home church back in the day, but they actually ended up splitting. And one of the big main catalysts for that was how the whole Josh situation was handled. And this is very telling, I think. Um, So Clint said that he spoke with someone who was at the elders meeting where they discussed what to do about Josh molesting his sisters. Hmm. I wonder who it is. Probably Jim Holt. Um, And he said that the elders were kind of split down the middle, which is disgusting about what to do with Josh, whether to, here we go, handle it internally or go to the police. And they ultimately decided to do both. Okay. But Jim Bob Duggar is not going to let that happen. He's going to rig the system. So we talked about this guy here. Jim Bob Duggar knew an officer. This officer has now is now in jail himself for child pornography. So great guy. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. They're connected to the Duggars. Again, that 50-50 chance we talked about last week. Like it's pretty, it's pretty spot on. Jim Bob took Josh to this officer and really just was bringing him there to kind of scare him straight, you know, give him a stern talking to. No police report was filed at this time. But Jim Bob then, you know, went back to the elders and everybody else and said, oh, yep, took care of it, took him, you know, took him to the police. Like it's all the police have handled it. It's all good. When really that wasn't the situation. Nothing formal was done. And really, the actual police report was not filed until the whole Oprah incident with Alice. So Jim Bob's there, you know, talk about honest Christian lying to everybody's face about what was actually done. And then Clint also said that, you know, because a lot of people asked, well, how did how could the Duggars justify kind of hiding this awful stuff and continuing on with this show? And We've talked about this in one of our way earlier episodes, how Jim Bob saw this show as kind of a ministry to bring people to to Christ. And he they kind of justified it by saying, well, this would hurt the ministry if we told them that we have a pedophile son. So, you know, we're not going to do that. We can't do that. So the next kind of header of what Clint Branham had to say is sin in the camp. And you might remember this terminology from our earlier episode. This came from an old post on an online forum. And Josh was apparently on the campaign trail with Jim Holt, you know, just campaigning away and like they do a little junior senator. And he got sent home because he was caught watching porn. No shock there. Because <laughs> that's what he does. He's Josh mm-hmm. Duggar. Jim blamed losing the campaign on this sin in the camp quote unquote it's basically eating the apple from the poisonous tree mm-hmm. it's you know he, because he did this bad thing there was sin in the camp and there was no way he could have won it ruined his entire campaign so clint is still good friends with the holtz and he clarified that jim holt did not say this that this is all a fabrication And it was not Jim Holt's campaign and Jim Holt saying all this. And Josh did not get kicked off for looking at pornography. Someone else, possibly even Jim Bob, used the phrase himself. And it had gotten misconstrued over time and became this thing that Jim Holt had said and done. And But Clint claims that it never really was him who said it. Well, I mean, how can you blame them? They're all involved in politics. You got Jim Bob and Jim and Bob Yay. So, I mean, it's easy to get confused there. But again, another, this one wasn't really an AMA, but there is another podcast out there that we referenced in one of our first episodes about 
you know, Josh Duggar, the Duggar family. And that podcast is, I pray you put this journal away. And this guy grew up with the Duggars. He was around Josh's age. Um, it's very interesting to listen to. He kind of goes through some of his old journal entries at the time of the Duggars. And he was really the first one before the trial even to talk about the whole digging out the pond, Josh having to have his head shaved and all that stuff. So he's been kind of around on Reddit as well and posted another entry from his journal on there that again shows that this was a really chronic problem with Josh early on. And it's just so sad because it should have been dealt with, but it wasn't. He posted a journal entry actually from right the same month, but 2006, which is crazy to think. So February 1st, 2006, Josh was actually caught calling a phone sex line using his cell phone for over 20 hours in the month of January. His parents didn't realize this until I guess they had just gotten the bill at the end of the month. Makes sense. February 1st. So I guess it just, you know, just kind of happened. Um, and even more kind of shocking, I guess, is he said in his journal entry that Josh appeared to, he said, Josh appears to be fairly unshaking, unshaken about his sin. He acts as if it never happened, which I mean, present day, nothing's changed acting like it never happened. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's still the complete lack of conscience, complete lack of guilt. And yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. And this is 20 hours of yeah. long time here. Like, In a that month. Is almost a day's worth. In a month. Like that's a lot in that house, like where you're sharing, they have a bedroom for boys and a bedroom for girls. Like where he's probably in that little studio with that, that little computer studio that or office that he has. I don't know. I just, I don't know what to say. Horrifying. So our hero or heroine of this trial is good old Bobby, Bobby Holt. And she really took to Facebook and Instagram posting a lot of information. She did say that some of the victims, meaning of course, Josh's sisters actually have come to her and thanked her for testifying and also asked for more information, which again, is just so sad that, you know, they weren't given this information up front. She also said that because people were kind of calling her out, like, why didn't you do anything? Like, how could you have sat on this for so many years? And she said that they did try to contact authorities. They tried to get people involved multiple times. And she also revealed something that um, no, I don't think anybody knew about this. She revealed that there was actually a sealed court case that they were going to testify in and it got dropped eventually. But I feel like this is a whole rabbit hole that would be really interesting to go down. But because minors were involved and I think Josh was a minor I don't know either when he filed it or when the whole incident happened, there's not, I think it's because he was a minor when it all happened. There's not a lot you can find out there, but Clint Branham did, you know, kind of um, verify that he didn't know anything kind of beyond that. There was a case people were subpoenaed and there was a counter case. Then things were dropped. And he said that the details were not totally clear, but apparently Josh was suing in August, 2007, well, somebody pulled up an article from BuzzFeed in um, that kind of went into it a little further, which is really interesting. And I'm just going to read some quotes from it. So in 2007, a Northwest Arkansas Times reporter stumbled upon a Washington County Circuit Court file, Josh Duggar versus the Arkansas Department of Human Services. 
the sealed case was mistakenly, or, you know, we can say mistakenly, left in a stack of routine filings in a clerk's office. But the only information the reporter saw is that a trial in the case took place August 6, 2007. All right. So what's that about? And it gets a little more interesting. Apparently, Josh tried to sue in 2007, which, again, was one year after the whole investigation in 2006 happened. And this would be when he would have been 18 at this time. So it really sounds like in 2006, the police, you know, kind of closed their whole investigation and it was handed off to the Department of Human Services. Then this 2007 court case was filed in regards to this. This is interesting, though. So the article goes on to say that one who is a minor could be added to this private offender registry that they could later appeal. And the theory is that Josh was placed on this private registry and this was what he was appealing to be removed from, which is crazy. So many layers to things that have gone on behind the scene. So pretty much a perpetrator may also be added to a confidential registry that is available to schools and nursing homes as they perform background checks. A person on this registry may later be able to appeal to a court for their removal. This is crazy. Like, I did not know this was a thing at all. It's kind of crazy that this is a thing that is searched for schools and nursing homes. Like, what the heck? I had no idea. Also... Like, hello, this is so exactly the kind of thing that he should have been on and stayed on forever because this is terrifying. And maybe some of these various acts that he committed could have been avoided if he was just on this registry. Probably not, because I doubt that these fundies are the type of people who would be checking these registries anyway. But by the same token, it's like that's typical, though, like they're typical entitled, you know. Everyone else is wrong. They're right. So the next AMA we have is a woman who worked with Josh at FRC Action in D.C. And we talked about this job of his that he had for a little bit. And first of all, she says she no longer supports these beliefs, but she did have similar upbringings to the Duggars, which I think actually helps justify or get in the it, mindset. Kind of adds it's credence to what these people have to say when they're they're coming from the same background. They understand them on a deeper level. They know what makes these people tick, and they understand like the powers that be, the pressures that be, whatever. So I, I think it helps. So she said she worked with Josh for about six months at FRC Action. She said he was cocky. He was late to every meeting. He walked in like he owned the place. Sounds like someone we know. (laughs) And, you know, she said, this is a quote from her. She said, when you thought about how many of us had four-year college degrees and actual work experience, it felt like a slap in the face for him to come in and be offered a senior position with no experience or education, which sounds very typical for the golden boy Josh, you know. And she says, he said he had a list of high dollar donors he was bringing with him, but that never panned out. Wow. She said she Shocker. never talked with him one-on-one. <laughs> she mainly talked with him in small groups. And about a month before she was leaving for another job, he actually brought up that he wanted her to switch departments. And yeah. she, he asked her to switch departments and be his assistant and travel the country with him while she had meetings with people regarding race endorsements. And so meanwhile, if you're her and he's silver spoon in his mouth, got this job undeservedly and is stomping around like he owns the place, 
none of his little donors ever panned out, whatever. He's just so full of himself. And now he's asking you to be his assistant. Just imagine. No. And then you just look at him and he's like, there's creepy Josh Duggar creep around the corner. Like I wouldn't want to be in a, alone in a room with them, let alone, you know, even in a group with him. No. And working for him, like in a subservient position, give me a break. Yeah. So she had the following response and later realization said, I knew I was leaving. It wasn't public yet. So I kind of just politely blew it off. He told me he wanted me to think about it. I naively couldn't figure out how he knew about enough about my work to decide I was the perfect person for the job. She says, looking back, I realized this was a totally predatory situation. He was looking for a young woman who would travel with him and be in unfamiliar private situations with him. And, you know, this realization later on must have been absolutely chilling oh. if you think about it. Yeah, because this was all before anything came out about him. This was before 2015. So you look at him and he's just like a creep, but nobody knows this horrific background that he has. And being from like, it just shows, you know, how naive she was where she's just like, I don't know how at the time, like, I don't know how he could have known I was, I was a fit for the job. Like, how did he know my credentials? She came to realize it wasn't about her credentials at all. Like, I don't know. It's just so sad. So going on to the Spiveys and we'll uh, remember most recently their affiliation with the Duggars because Claire Spivey married our fave buddy, Justin Duggar, Mr. Double Thumbs Up outside of how outside of the courthouse. Um, But it actually has come to light. People kind of dug into things. This wasn't a revelation from the trial, but people looking through records and whatnot, that the Spiveys actually have a really long connection with the Duggars all the way back to kind of the beginning of Josh's issues, if we want to call it that. So like I mentioned, Claire Spivey married Justin Duggar and her grandfather is Robert Tarver, R.T. Spivey of Little Rock. R.T. Spivey was the director of IBLP Training Center in Little Rock, which was located in the old Veterans Hospital. And Spivey began renovating this to create this training center in the early 2000s. And we can kind of piece together some of the things from the police report. So in the 2006 police report, Jim Bob says that they sent Josh to a Christian program. Uh, He couldn't remember the name of it, but It was a Christian ministry in the old veterans hospital in Little Rock. In the same report, Michelle Duggar said that they sent Josh to a guy that they had known in Little Rock who was in the remodeling business. Now, if we go into this article from the Arkansas Times from 2008, this kind of puts the last piece together. It says the training center, which features a huge but unmanned and quiet wood paneled lobby with a. I kept wanting to read this as moron, but maroon carpeting and chairs upholstered in white fabric employs seven people. Director R.T. Spivey said it serves the chaplains in the IBLP's PAL or P.A.L. prison program. At one time, the training center operated prison. Oh, yeah. Like my uh, my not my principal, my prison pal. Nobody wants nobody wants a principal, but nobody wants a prison pal. Uh, So the article goes on. At one time, the training center operated the Integrity Construction Institute for young men, but the program has moved to Alpena. Um, So this kind of comes full circle that this was definitely the program that Josh was going to. 
And it just kind of connects again. We've said it throughout these, these episodes, but all of these families are so interconnected. And the fact that there's Hillary Spivey, who's Claire's mother, kind of rushing Anna. She's a runner. She's a track star out of the courtroom, kind of ushering her into the car. It's just kind of like, my God, this family's been there from the beginning of these issues. And they're here still by their side, kind of helping them cover it up. Like, ugh. And by choice, like at that point, it becomes clear, like, not only have you known about this from the very beginning, but you've watched this all unfold. And even knowing what you know, you're still willing to stand by them and defend them. My God. Yeah. That's that. What does that say about you? You are depraved. That's so true. And it just like, yeah. And so many people have kind of evolved even within that IBLP culture over the years. So I don't know how much you can even kind of blame it on that. Oh, well, they were deep in this cult thing. It's like, this is decades later. Like, I don't know. You haven't evolved at all. Like, just get a life and try to separate yourself so that you have some hope and morality. And God, you're just, (laughs) you're, you're bad news. Yeah. Your integrity construction institute did not work. Let's just say that. Hot news on the press talking about future news rather than what we already have heard about new revelations. There is a documentary that's coming in late 2022 or early 2023. And it's from the same people from Amazon who produced Lula Rich. They're making a documentary exposing the IBLP families, like the Bates, the Duggars, all these different fundamentalist families. It's just going to be a big expose of folks like this. So we're obviously super looking forward to this. I'm sure even more is going to come to light. I wonder if they're going to take from sources like Reddit or if that's like I know to them or what. Yeah, that's but the point. I'll be really interested to see who like, yeah, like who is going to come out of the woodwork on this. Mm-hmm. And as one door opens, another door closes. <laughs> the bringing up Bates show, which was supposed to come out has been canceled and that's it's obvious why I think it's pretty (laughs) freaking clear that people have had enough of these fundamentalist folks and they're not entertained and thinking that the way of life that they live is the way to live anymore and basically it got canceled abruptly weeks before the new season was supposed to air they had already filmed a bunch they were like ready to go and it it just was cut And there's all this speculation that it could have been related to a video posted by one of the adult daughters of the family mocking George Floyd's death in a game of charades. So not great. (laughs) Also not surprising. (laughs) Like these people are obviously not race warriors over here. They're out here being the worst. And I will just interrupt to say this family too. Um, used to have a room in their house that was like the confederate room where it had a bunch of pictures of confederate generals one of which was the head of the kkk at the time yeah and then there also is a picture floating around that has the oldest daughter (laughs) dressed in this i'll have to find it this daughter dressed in this hideous shirt that is a just a big it's like a button-down shirt but it's just a big confederate flag like the whole thing is just a big confederate flag shirt posing posing in a family picture like did not see the problem with it like clearly like these people 
they were ripe to be picked off and thank God they got rid of them and their show is not going to air anymore because they do not need to be rewarded for their bad behaviors. But I think what we think is more likely to have happened, even though it would be great if they got nailed for these race crimes, is that it was probably related to the fact that this documentary is coming out. Maybe something got discovered about this Bates family. Hell, lots coming out about the Duggars. It's obvious that they're from a similar background. So I'd be surprised if stuff wasn't coming out about them too. So it's probably not the best time to be a fundamentalist and to have all eyes on you in a televised moment here. Yeah, yeah. And so they were featured on the Duggars show. That's kind of how the Duggars where they did have a show, this is kind of how that channel found them was through the Duggars. And Gil Bates, the father in the family, um, has was even closer, I think, to IBLP than Jim Bob because he actually worked for IBLP. Jim Bob Duggar, I don't think, like they spoke at conferences and were very connected to it, but Gil Bates actually worked for it. So uh, there should be a lot coming out, I think. It should be interesting and probably very sad <laughs> at the same time. There was this really interesting timeline that somebody put together on Reddit. And I don't know if you want to take us through the little, the paces here, but it's really a good way to kind of put together all the different confessions to just say again, like how guilty this guy is. It's, you know, and just to see where everything kind of lined up with the show's popularity with kind of the rise and fall of the Duggars, with kind of their public persona and what was going on sort of behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Somebody kind of took all these different AMAs and lined it up with everything going on. So it is, it's also a really good and again, sad example of how many times like he was failed, the family was failed, the victims were failed. Like Jim Bob and Michelle just ignored it and kept going on. So in 2002 was Josh's first confession. Uh, Bobby Holt says it was February. Jim Bob says it was March. But July 2002 was then his second confession. But don't worry, we go on to 2003. We have March was when his third confession, the one where they uh, the Duggars brought him over to the Holts. And after this, finally, he was sent to this IBLP training center in Little Rock. This was from March to July of 2003. Um, He gets back from the training center. And in July of 2003, Jim Bob and Jim Holt take him to the trooper Hutchins. This is a point to note because this is when the statute of limitations also begins to run. So even by the time things were brought to light later on, it was a moot point because of this statute of limitations. September of 2004, we have 14 children and pregnant again with an exclamation point, heirs when it should not. 2005, January to April, Josh lives with the Holtz in Little Rock. Now we're getting into some of the AMA stuff. So uh, Justin from I Pray You Put This Journal Away, this is when his entry notes that the church shared that Josh was hooked on internet porn. We know this is kind of, you know, their catch-all phrase, but it was stuff that went way beyond that. And this was when he had his head publicly shaved. And we then move on to 2006, February 1st. We have another journal entry from Justin from I Pray You Put This Journal Away, where this is where he reveals Josh 
racked up 20 hours on a sex line. So we can see it just continues. But then don't worry, a month later, March 13th, another special raising 16 children airs. March 15th, we then have 16 children and moving in. June 11th, we have on the road with 16 children. They're really pumping out these 16 children uh, (laughs) episodes here. And then finally, December 7th in 2006, the Oprah show contacts the police and the investigation begins. And we'll just note that the dates are from both the 2006 police report as well as Bobby's testimony in the trial. Yeah, I just I love this timeline. I shouldn't say I love it, but I I think that this timeline is a really good um, example of just what was going on and how much, like you said, the Duggars just did not care about all that was going on. They're just, they are clearly, they think of themselves as above reproach and they just kept moving on and getting more and more famous, getting more and more accolades and more and more show deals. And they just kept getting pushed into higher levels of fame in spite of the clear guilt that Josh, you know, he was getting nailed left and right. There were a lot of different bumps in the road but that's all they were is they were just bumps and they should have ended the career of this family it should have been drastic things that were addressed yeah exactly that's all we really have at at last for (laughs) the Duggar themed episodes we have been on a wild ride throughout this trial we have been so excited to be able to get you guys these exclusive perspectives, these exclusive details, all of these things that have just come out over the previous few weeks and months, and even just little nuggets that we have heard throughout the years. You're our Duggar expert, so thanks to you, because (laughs) it would not have been nearly as full and interesting if it weren't for you and just your incredible mind for research and being able to dig into these places. That's it for now, but we can't guarantee that there won't be more (laughs) when the appeal eventually does go through. And when that show comes out at the end of 2022, beginning of 2023. So we'll obviously see y'all then. And next week we'll have a fresh new topic for everybody and can't wait to see you then. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, we're on Facebook at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, and our email is BetsyBossPodcast at gmail.com. Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening. 